Batman. Batman. Written by Steve Engelhardt. Adapted by Tim Maxwell. Ladies and gentlemen, we present to you the Flying Graysons! The Flying Graysons, a beautiful family of trapeze artists, John, Mary, and their 12-year-old son, Dick Grayson, begin their daring act, working without a net. Dick is a courageous kid, smiling with secret pride after every daring act. Their act is exciting and dazzling, capturing the attention of every single audience member of Gotham Garden, where the circus performance is being held. But what happens next will be seared in the memory of every person in the massive arena. During the act, the father, John Grayson, inexplicably begins to laugh, just a little at first, then growing, wildly out of control. Mary looks curious, and Dick cocks his head, both in utter confusion. John is laughing harder and harder as he swings towards his wife, Mary. As he rushes forward, arms outstretched, his face reveals a horribly stretched grin. He grabs his shocked wife, laughing uproariously, and spastically jerks her from her bar, and together they fall, a long way down to their deaths. Shocked, Dick leaps to a guy wire and slides down to the floor. He rushes toward the bodies, but the ringmaster holds him back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just hold on, young man. Let me go! Let me go, please! Then, a black-finned glove drops on Dick's shoulder. He stops and looks up. Batman? There is no more horrible sight in the world. I... I have to, sir. I have to. The Batman looks at the people crowded around. Costumed performers and officials, including the manager of Gotham Garden, Silver St. Cloud. Then, let him through. The crowd looks at the Batman with some wonder, some fear. And Silver looks with interest. They all comply. Dick moves forward, toward his destiny. The Batman's stoic face reveals a hidden inner turmoil. The death of his parents, many years ago, when he was only 12 years old. The year was 1970. Bruce was walking home with his parents, Thomas and Martha Wayne, down a garishly lit but majestic Gotham Street. A happy family, who have just left the movie theater. Bruce, a normally built kid, has just had a reward for straight A's in school. He's smart and well-rounded. The Wayne family is wealthy, but prefer walking with people to riding a limo. A crazy bum approaches. Rule my world. Oh, hey. Hey, mister. Got a light. Hey, take it easy. Here's a couple bucks. Why don't you get yourself a bite to eat? Oh, thanks, guy. Ain't no particular sign I'm more compatible with. The family then turns onto a darker side street. It's sad, isn't it, Thomas? The rising level of crime in Gotham. It is, Martha. It's very sad. Suddenly, they are confronted by a thug with a gun. Give me your wallet. Okay, no problem. Here you go. 
Thomas flips his wallet into the thug's face, grabs him, and struggles for the gun. After shooting Thomas and Martha, the thug then turns the gun on Bruce to be confronted by the most intense gaze of hatred ever seen. The thug hesitates, then makes his escape without shooting Bruce. The young man turns to look at his parents' sprawled bodies, and tears begin to spill from his wide eyes, but his face is frozen. In the days that follow, the family butler, Alfred, is the kind and concerned guardian of young Bruce, as determined by Thomas's will. Bruce, however, is in a world of his own. At Wayne Manor, Bruce walks into his room. Alfred gently follows and watches as the young man methodically lights four candles around the dark room then flings the French doors open to face a moon rising beneath storm clouds. Totally focused, Bruce declares, I swear by the spirits of my parents that I will avenge their deaths by spending the rest of my life waging war on all criminals. present day. Dick is walking slowly back to Gotham Garden after viewing his parents. He looks up at the Batman as he passes him. I'm going to find the man who murdered my parents. The Batman looks down at him but says nothing. The ringmaster conducts Dick away as Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara arrive talking to themselves as they approach. Good lord, it's the Batman. Good. I like having him around. He's a vigilante and an insult to the task force. Silver St. Cloud joins as well. She is competent, sharp, and attractive. Very concerned with other people. The recent crime reminds O'Hara, Gordon, and Batman of something. Commissioner, what's on your mind? There's rumors about a criminal mastermind called the Joker. So far, unsubstantiated. They say he treats crime as a game. prowls the alleyways of Gotham City. He leaps to a fire escape and clambers upwards with confident grace to a fifth floor landing. He hurls his small aerodynamically designed bat-shaped grapple attached to a silken line to a roof vent across the moon-shadowed abyss. Then he swings across to crash in a shower of glass, feet first into a low-life gambling den populated by thugs, smoke, and booze. He lets them cower. Then he selects the man he came for and takes him out on the fire escape and bends him aggressively over the railing. Tell me about the Joker. What do you know? I don't know any dick. Lies. Tell me what you know. Drop dead. That's funny. That's what you're about to do. Ah! Okay, okay, don't drop me, don't drop me! Then tell me what you know. All I know is that the Joker is planning something big. Something to, I don't know, like, make a name for himself or something. What is it? I don't know, man, I swear! I'd be dead if I knew too much about the Joker and what he's up to. It's insane! A real lunatic. Suddenly, a bullet whistles past the Batman's ear from behind. He turns to see the other thugs pointing guns at him. In response, 
The Dark Knight easily hurls the man back through the window at them, then dives in afterward as they're caught off guard. One by one, he takes them down. The following day, a 27-year-old Bruce Wayne appears at the garden. He is handsome, athletically built, and sophisticated. He finds Silver overseeing the repair of the spot where the bodies of John and Mary Grayson hit. Dick is high above, driving himself relentlessly on the trapeze. Should the boy really be here, with all he's going through? He told me the show must go on. The circus people didn't want to stop him. Hmm. Listen, I'm the president of my family's business, though a CEO runs it for me. He might want to rent the garden for a company party, but after the recent tragedy, he has some questions about its operation, enemies, etc. Bruce and Silver discuss it as business people, though a quiet mutual attraction begins. I'll tell you what, Bruce. Why don't we discuss further details at this evening's circus performance? That would be lovely, but I'm a bit overworked at the moment. I know how that is. Just then, Dick slides down the guy wire nearby, finishing his workout. Hey, I'm... I'm sorry for your loss. It's just like falling off a horse, sir. You might have to get back up right away, or you might lose your nerve. The show's owners and I are donating half of the profits for the remainder of the run to establish a trust fund for him, so he can stay with the circus. He has no living relatives, so it's the closest to family he has. I'm staying here in Gotham City. I'm going to find the man who murdered my parents. Once the circus leaves, I'll move it to an orphanage, if that's what's necessary. Dick, honey... I don't think that's such a good idea. I've made my decision. Now, if you'll excuse me. As Dick walks away, Bruce watches him with a slightly surprised admiration. short time later, Dick looks over and sees the Batman standing in the shadows. Batman? Come here. What do you know about me? Well, let's see. You've been a hero in Gotham for three years, a hero known around the world. You caught that Cobblepot guy, the Penguin. And there was that really spooky Catwoman case. Some people say that I'm spooky. Dracula, a madman. If so, then that's what I want to be. In fact, street crime has been cut dramatically since I became the Batman. But other crime, the more daring crime, has increased. As if being Batman has attracted people like the Joker. You might argue that I'm responsible for your parents' death. Never! If crooks want to fight you, they're still crooks! Hmm. Tell me about yourself. Your athletic skills. Your grades. After vetting the young acrobat, the Batman makes a determination. I could use you as an operative for stakeouts and such. To expand my reach. Would you like to work with me? I sure would! The Batman takes Dick to a rundown garage on a dirty street near the garden renovations. Inside sits the Batmobile. Dick gets in and admires the high tech control panels and gadgets until Batman puts a blindfold on him. The Batman makes certain neither Dick nor any car can follow the route as he makes his way home. My parents were also killed, and I swore to avenge them. I drove myself mentally and physically to become the perfect lawman, 
I achieved my goal and take up this larger-than-life identity. Meanwhile, he is driving down a two-lane road. Seeing no one around, he turns onto a half-hidden one-lane road. 100 yards later, he wheels toward a small group of trees and then drops on a pivot and a metal roadway slides into place. A hillside farther ahead opens for the Batmobile's entrance. Most criminals fear retribution from out of the dark. blindfold off now. As Dick takes off the blindfold and steps out of the Batmobile, he finds himself in the vast and shadowed Batcave, filled with the exotic trophies of the Batman's legendary career. Wow. What are we doing here? I'm going to show you all the techniques of good shadowing, from in front, from a moving car, or in your case, a bike. The Batman teaches Dick, and he grasps it quickly and well. But he has something else on his mind. What about combat techniques? If you concentrate on shadowing, you won't need any combat techniques. Later that evening, the Batman drops off Dick at the garden and puts the Batmobile in the garage. Then, he takes position on the garden's roof. Gordon and O'Hara have beefed up the police contingent, in case of further trouble. Unseen, the Batman enters through the roof and prowls the catwalks. Below, he sees Dick greeted with relief by the ringmaster. Ah, Dick, there you are. I've been looking for you all day. He also sees Silver enjoying the company of a handsome escort, and for a moment, wishes he could have that life. The circus begins. focus on the one man still laughing in the crowd. Silver, the police, and Dick leap from their spots and race toward the maniacal laughter. Silver arrives first, just in time to see the man collapse with a horribly stretched smile on his face. Beside him is a playing card. A joker. She reaches down to pick it up, Wait. Don't touch. And a black-gloved hand snatches it first. A smile as lovely as yours doesn't need enhancements. It's the Batman. He examines the card. Look. Then shows her the straight cut across the dead man's fingertips. And the razor edge of the card stained with dark liquid. Did anyone visit this box just before this incident? There was that balloon vendor. Then the Batman spots a tall, thin vendor, hot-footing it up the steps. The Batman looks to Dick Grayson. Dick, keep everyone back. You bet. The Batman races up the steps. A man attempts to block the vendor. Hey, stop it right there. And gets a squirt of red liquid in the face. And almost immediately he begins to laugh himself to death. The Batman catches up to the vendor, knocking the syringe away from his hand. Then, for the first time, he sees the hideous face of the Joker. Well, well, well. And they begin to battle. 
Their battle takes them back down through the seating area and into the ring, where it continues, using circus props and animals, until the Joker leaps into a clown car and zooms away. The Batman uses a series of trampolines and teeterboards to race the car, and finally lassos it just before it careens into a tunnel. But when he throws open its door, the car is empty. Clowns and circus performers slowly approach. Where is he? The Joker must have gone down the trap door. Really? Why? What do you know? Tell me. Us clowns ordinarily use that trap door during the show. Really? Good escape plan, if you ask me. Hmm. Gordon and O'Hara arrive. Batman. Never thought I'd say this, but... Thank you for taking charge. Yes, thank you, Batman. We'll take it from here. Where's the first victim? This way. Who is he? Ah, that's... that's Jack Kirby! Jack Kirby? He's the owner of Kirby Cake Company. Biggest bakery in Gotham. The Joker is clearly after this circus. Batman? Hey, where did Batman go? involving bread and circuses. The people that once bestowed commands, consulships, legions, and all else now, concerns itself no more, and longs eagerly for just two things, bread and circuses. Juvenile. Is that like elementary, my dear Watson? Or a comment on my limited learning in history? Neither. That's the man who wrote it. Decimus Junius Juvenalis. Juvenal of Rome was the first great satirist. His outlook was very bleak, very black, but bombastic. He hated everything and everybody, except perhaps for the helpless and downtrodden, and announced it with great power and violence. Huh. Hmm. Circuses. Bread. Commands. Consulships and legions. Alfred, I believe the city officials may be in danger. Thank you, Alfred. In Wayne Manor, Alfred hangs up the phone, pleased with himself. He then turns to a great painting of Thomas Wayne. He may have spent too much time on criminology and too little on Roman poets, but he knows what he doesn't know, sir. He really would make you proud. I know he does me. short time later, Commissioner Gordon enters his office and switches on a desk lamp in an otherwise shadowed room. Silently, from the darkness, steps the Batman, startling him. What? Oh, you scared the heck out of me. What are you doing here? Got something? Batman explains his theory about the Joker going after the city's officials. Gordon, however, is suspicious. It's not solid logic. It's taking a leap. We need to match our wits against Jokers. But the Joker is still very much unknown. Commissioner. Ugh. Okay, I'm trusting you on this. I'll assign extra men to the mayor and other top officials. But it's not going to be easy to justify. O'Hara will certainly oppose it, 
since they already announced a threat from urban terrorists, massive picketing of the South African Embassy, an exhibition of priceless paintings on loan from the Louvre, and a major drug surveillance operation. But I made a decision very early on to facilitate your efforts rather than hinder them because I recognized you as a man who shares my same goal of protecting the people of this city, even if that man chose to ignore the letter of the law. And I've come to trust you in these years since. I'm supposed to serve and to protect. I happen to believe that I serve best by protecting the best. So does O'Hara for that matter. He just feels the department should be all this city needs. I'd do the same job without your help, but this makes it a whole lot easier. I know how much you appreciate our alliance. The two men shake hands before the Batman leaves through the window. Gordon looks out, reflexively rubbing his rounded stomach. Meanwhile, at Gotham Garden, Silver is hurrying down a tunnel, talking to an aide about these continued tragedies, when they are unexpectedly met by the Batman in the shadows. Silver sends her aide away, so she can speak with the masked hero. Thank you for saving my life. Uh, don't mention it. No, really. Thank you. Allow me to repay you with dinner. I work nights, unfortunately, and I'm here for other business. Right. By the way, that fight in the center ring was quite the... Batman? Realizing Batman is gone, and she is now alone, she gathers her jacket and hurries on. Huh. Batman is here for Dick Grayson. He has a job for him. Dick, I have work for you tomorrow. I want you to keep an eye on the mayor for me by day. Of course. Uh, being with the circus, I'm used to makeup, so I can disguise myself and change disguises during the day. Good. Get some rest. The next day, Dick arrives outside the mayor's mansion, disguised as a newsboy. The Batman meets him there. Have you seen the papers? It's all about the Joker and the Batman's failure to capture him. Hey, we're doing all right. Now just keep watch today, okay? If anything unusual happens, just press the button on this black box. It'll alert me. Okay, sounds good. The Batman leaves. While Dick plays a bit at being a spy, he is, after all, 12 years old and tells his deceased parents. Mom, Dad, you wouldn't believe it, but I'm gonna fight crime. I'm gonna fight crime. Dick is interrupted by a car as it pulls up at the mansion and he is instantly on alert. From a nearby rooftop, a concealed Batman nods and leaves for good. Later that evening, Dick is disguised as a bike messenger, and the Batman appears and sends him home to get some rest. Soon thereafter, the mayor leaves his mansion to ride across town to some function, escorted by O'Hara and other policemen. As the limo crawls through evening traffic, the Batman follows across rooftops. Suddenly, two cars ram the mayors, and a gunfight ensues between the cops and four assailants. The Batman leaps into the thick of it. O'Hara shoots one man, and the caped crusader subdues two others. Dick Grayson, who was riding by on his bike, leaps into action 
and with a cocky grin towards Batman, he brings down the fourth before hopping back on his bike and racing away. That kid. I should have known. The Batman then turns his attention to the criminals and bypasses the police to get answers. What does the Joker want? Talk! We, we don't know anything, I swear! These are the urban gorillas our department was already after. Listen up, Batman. I heard about your little Joker theory, and well, by the looks of it, your theory was wrong. I still saved the mayor's life. You, you got lucky, but good police work can't be based on luck. You don't gamble with people's safety. Stop peddling your silly ideas about Greek poets. Investigations, you hear me? The Batman leaves without a response. Meanwhile, back at the Salvation Army, the Joker, using his laughing gas, kills the Colonel. He then changes his makeup and attire to resemble the colonel. Oh, what a genius I am. Oh, how unique I am in the art of crime and satire. <laughs> a short time later, the Joker, disguised as the colonel, enters the mission's dining room. He glides among the tables, trembling slightly from suppressed excitement and seemingly inspects the people there, mostly homeless, down on their luck type of people, more or less the outcasts of Gotham City's society. He then holds a rally and recruits the group of outcasts. He promises them a revolution and a retribution against the rich and greedy of Gotham City. He also commissions them to bring their friends as well. His message is madness and anarchy. The crowd turns into a frenzy as the Joker, disguised as the Colonel, is enjoying his time in the spotlight. Meanwhile, at Gotham Garden, the circus is in mid-performance and all is going well. Batman, however, is not concerned with the performance as he meets Dick Grayson backstage. As Batman appears, Dick throws up his hands in mock surrender. I know what you're going to say, but I couldn't let you have all the fun. I ought to trash you, but you remind me too much of me. Come on. The Batman then takes Dick to the Batcave, this time without a blindfold. The Batman then leads him through the secret entrance that leads to Wayne Manor, then removes his mask, revealing his identity. Bruce Wayne? You're too much like me to be kept in the dark any longer. If we're to work together, you should know that my name is Bruce Wayne, and you're welcome in my house. Dick is speechless that the Batman would trust him so much, and hugs him, overwhelmed. Ah, young sir, welcome. The three of us have to work together to solve the mystery of the Joker. Entering the study, the Batman writes the juvenile quote on a blackboard to remind them how it goes, and they try to make better sense of it, or to conceive some other explanation for the two murders they know about. But they get nowhere. Not a good introduction to my world, Dick. Hey, we'll get him! Yeah, well, we're finished for tonight. I'll run you back to the circus. Well, can I just stay here? Everybody at the circus has been great, but the tragedy hangs heavy around me there. Won't they be worried about you? Nah, circus people quite often stay up at night and sleep by day. No one will even notice that I'm not there. Alfred, show him the guest room. You'll be the first guest we've had in seven years, I guess. Right this way, young sir. The 
Batman slumps in a chair before his father's portrait and speaks to himself. I was certain I'd solved the Joker's plan. Am I finally overmatched? No. That won't do me any good. I'm no use to anyone if I lose my objectivity. That will just lead to madness. The next day, Bruce Wayne once again visits Gotham Garden and finds Silver. Hey Bruce, good to see you. Silver, likewise. I... I just wanted to dig a little deeper concerning the garden because of the company party we previously discussed. I'm happy to answer any questions. Since it's only noon, why don't we talk over lunch? You may be busy in the evenings, but you're clearly free now. Hmm. Touché. Shall we? You know, the garden has renovated much of this neighborhood, but there's still some trashy areas. As manager of the garden, I'm just concerned, you know? Yeah, I completely understand. Trust me. You don't seem to get out much. What's your story? Just... life... No ongoing relationship, and my playboy image is outdated. I have little time for social functions these days, though I make time when I'm feeling a little too isolated. You're not missing much. What do you mean? Social functions, it's part of the job. But it's not as glamorous as it may seem. Though the ongoing relationship part, it could be improved. Really? Yes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Dick Grayson is wandering around in Wayne Manor. He finds Alfred in a small room with one shuttered window, overflowing bookcases, and a scarred desk with a chemistry set on it. Alfred is sitting in a chair going through a scrapbook. Hello, young sir. Oh, hey, Alfred. You're helping him, you know. I'm sorry? Bruce, you're helping him by simply being another person like him. Bruce has been one of a kind for many years. This is the room where he drove himself all those years. This scrapbook pretty much tells his childhood. Winning science fairs and wrestling tournaments, prize-winning essays, becoming an Eagle Scout. Take a look. The last half of the book is blank. And the latest date is seven years ago. That's when he decided to go underground. Dick, seeing himself in the younger Bruce, is impressed at the dedication and vows to match it. Bruce and Silver are heading back to the garden and pass through a small, empty square surrounded by buildings. There, a stage is being erected for some unknown reason. Bruce and Silver, however, don't pay much attention. They are having too much fun. All of a sudden, three street bums approach them and stick them up. All right, folks. This is an old-fashioned stick-up. Easy money. <laughs> Bruce wants to take them on, but can do nothing but hand over his wallet. He hesitates, wishing he could flip it in the man's face but he complies. However, when one thief reaches for Silver's purse, Bruce lunges at him. The thief pulls out a knife and stabs Bruce in the arm. Then, the three street bums run into the alley. Get out of here! Tearing the knife from his arm, Bruce wants to follow, but Silver holds him back. He's like a stallion at the starting gate. I'm going after him. Stay here, Silver. Bruce, you need medical attention. Let's get you to a hospital. <sighs> okay. A short time later, the same three thieves arrive in an abandoned warehouse and share their loot with their leader. 
the Joker. Ah, good work, boys. I'm very pleased with how well you've responded to my obedience test. Here, have another dose. (laughs) The Joker gives the men an injection of his speed and opium concoction. Now you're clearly a dangerous man, stabbing people in the arm. If you can't hit a proper jugular, I'll take my trade elsewhere. The knife wielder spasms and looks at the Joker reproachfully as his mouth fights to pull into a grin. The Joker remains stoic as he and the other two bums leave to the sound of laughter. Meanwhile, inside the Batcave, Alfred is bandaging Bruce's arm. Hold still, Master Bruce. Could have done better. But I had to refrain myself. Otherwise, Silver might suspect you're the Caped Crusader. Yes, Alfred. It's a dilemma for me, keeping a secret identity from someone. (laughs) What are you laughing about, Alfred? This could hurt my... efficiency, right in the middle of the Joker investigation. Oh, most assuredly, sir. Which is why you need me! Dick? Don't recognize me! This red vest is for my trapeze act, as a memorial to my parents. But the green costume underneath and yellow cape will keep me from being recognized. No way. You're only an operative. Forget it! I'm in. He certainly has spirit, sir. Yes, Alfred. Yes, he does. A short time later, the Batman is putting his new crime-fighting partner through combat training. Dick Grayson, who has adopted the superhero name Robin, is doing quite well and impresses Batman with his speed and ferocity. Their training is interrupted by breaking news on the radio. Breaking news! Earlier this evening, the Joker launched an attack in Gotham Square that killed several citizens and the Federal Secretary of Housing. Secretary Hayes came from Washington to announce federal funding increases in Gotham. During his speech, however, an aircraft flew by, dropping television consoles. Here is a brief audio recording taken at the scene, and we have to warn you, it's very disturbing. See what life on the small screen gets you? Suddenly, the Batman gets it. Reading the juvenile quote backwards, you get circuses, bread, legions, consulships, and commands. I've read the last three as a unit before, but the secretary from Washington killed by television consuls must be the consul. And that's the fourth in the series. So there must have been a third murder involving legions. Last night, we missed it. But it must have happened. And now we have to find it. Batman and Robin set off in the Batmobile. After much investigation, they ultimately pull up at the Salvation Army to talk to the Colonel. Yes, can I help you, sirs? Yes, Colonel. Do you know of any deaths associated with the Legion here? We're investigating a possible murder and widening our net. Oh my goodness, well, I can assure you that I know nothing of any murders. I do hope you get to the bottom of the case. Hmm. Thanks, Colonel. Please allow us to at least make a donation for the homeless. Oh, that is so kind of you. Thank you. Have a good night. You as well. (laughs) 
Batman and Robin cruise through the streets of Gotham, trying to think of who else to try. Suddenly, they're attacked by four cars full of goons. The vehicles begin to chase the Batmobile through the narrow Gotham streets. Two cars down, two to go. The two remaining cars tail the Batmobile. The violent chase ultimately leads them to a major structure, Gotham Garden. Unable to avoid it, all three vehicles burst into the arena. Inside the arena, the circus was just about to start, and the crowd is shocked, beyond belief. The two heroes get out of the Batmobile and begin to battle the thugs. Together, Batman and Robin take them down. When the hoodlums are knocked out, Batman rushes Robin out of the circus. All the while, the crowd cheers, and Silver stares after them in suspicion. A short time later, the Batmobile screeches to a halt at the Salvation Army. But now, the Colonel's office only contains the Colonel's uniform and a mocking note from the Joker. Batman! What? Your arm is bleeding! Oh, yeah. Alfred stitched me up pretty good. But that fight in the circus was brutal. I'm afraid Silver may have noticed. Is she your girlfriend? Hmm. Let's go. I know it might be the mayor, based on what we know about the Joker. The man clearly thinks he's juvenilis, with his fixation on the helpless and his hatred of everything else. It's the logical solution. Hmm. Hey, Alfred. Yes, Monster Bruce? Bring me all of today's newspapers. Then go purchase the early editions of tomorrow's. Most assuredly, sir. Good morning, Miss Cloud. What a lovely surprise. Good morning, Alfred. Is Bruce available? Yes, one moment. Hey, Silver. Everything okay? I didn't sleep very well last night. <sighs> yeah, me neither. Look, I... I think you're the Batman. Whoa. It's astounding you would think that. Uh, how could you imagine such a thing? Bruce, don't worry. I would never tell your secret. But with everything I've seen, Silver. I... No, I... I can assure you I'm not Batman. 
Hmm. Silver, really? I'm, I'm not the Batman. But if I were to imagine myself in his place, I'm sure he'd admit his secret only to those he worked right alongside him. A man who confronts crime as directly and constantly as he does must need a place of perfect sanctuary where no one among his many enemies can reach him. He'd be touched by your interest. I'm sure he'd really hate to hurt you. But his life as the Batman must outweigh all other considerations. All other considerations. I see your point. Well, if I were ever to meet him in person again, I'd assure him that I, I could have been trusted. Silver leaves. Hurt. She understands Bruce's logic, but it doesn't lessen the pain. This means the end for them, and they both know it. Later that day in Gotham, as the sun goes down before massive storm clouds in a generally oppressive atmosphere, street people from all parts of the area surrounding the garden begin to slip into speedy trances and start moving in one direction. At first, they merely bump into pedestrians on their way home from work. But soon, they're massing into groups, sweeping frightened people before them. It's an urban nightmare. They surge toward the mayor's mansion. The police, led by O'Hara and Gordon, set up a barrier of police officers to stop them. But the crowd of tranced people are drugged out of their minds and stumble their way right into the police. Riot sticks and water cannons don't stop them. Seemingly, nothing can stop them. Reinforcements are called in from all over the city, but they are still ineffective in stopping them. At last, a thousand of the worst street loonies and bag ladies are surrounding the mansion and pressing forward. The Batman swings down from a nearby building landing on the mansion's steps. He flips a switch, and upturned flood lamps ordinarily used for lighting throw a vast black shadow on the wall behind him. He looks both impressive and frightening as he dominates the crowd of crazies through sheer force of will. In time, the crowd of loonies disperse and flee The mayor and Chief O'Hara come forward from a squad car, where O'Hara had been guarding the mayor, to congratulate the Batman. You were right, Batman. This, this was nothing less than anarchy. Chaos. I have to hand it to you. Just then, the radio on the Batman's belt sounds off. You're right, Batman. He's here. The Batman instantly races around to the back of the mansion leaps into the Batmobile and races away. The media leap into their vans and follow. As the approaching storm breaks, at the Gotham Art Museum, the Joker is overseeing several of his drugged minions loading paintings wrapped in plastic into a truck. He's bagged the entirety of an extremely valuable clown painting collection, which is worth millions of dollars. That wonderful dwarf caught the clown spirit just perfectly. So perfectly that these displays on canvas are worth a fortune. <laughs> Two policemen and two guards are sprawled, with grimacing faces and glassy eyes, upturned to the quickening rain. The street seems otherwise deserted. However, Robin is perched atop a flagpole, looking down at the Joker and his minions. 
Just then, the Batmobile races up, and the Batman leaps out. Robin swings down to join the fight against the Joker. It's over, Joker. Yeah, give it up! <laughs> In your dreams. <laughs> Catch me if you can. <laughs> the media also arrive and begin live broadcasts of the scene. The Joker is not easily captured. He runs to a nearby construction elevator and rises into a half-built building. The Batman and Robin go after him using their ropes. They begin to battle on the wet girders. Robin gets in a few hits to avenge his parents. Swinging and leaping from girder to girder like the trapeze artist he is, and manages to punch the Joker back over an edge. But the maniac grabs a vertical girder and spins down to land on the next level, confronting the Batman. Well, hello, my friend. I almost fell into the trap of expecting you to be logical. I realized that wasn't the case. And your little sideshow at the mayor's house was just a diversion from the real crime. Stealing these clown paintings were the only other target you would consider worthy of so much effort. Well, well, well. Bravo. But you have to admit the whole plan was a stroke of genius. Congratulations on being the only opponent who could stand a chance against me. We'll have to do this again sometime. <laughs> then, the Joker kicks the caped crusader off the girder. The Batman grabs hold of the slick steel and hangs in the ring. The Joker attempts to stomp his fingers. The Batman swings back up over the girder and kicks the Joker backward, off the girder. The villain grabs the Batman's cape with one hand and slides down the wet material to the last possible inch. He then slashes upward at the Batman's head with a knife, piercing the cape again and again. The cuts in the cape spread, and a chunk of the cape rips away, dropping the Joker into an open sewer connection below, to be swept underground in a rain-fed torrent. The Batman and Robin jump to the ground. Reporters and police flood the scene in the background. You think the Joker's dead? We can't be sure, Robin. Either way, that was awesome! We're a team! Just then, Silver appears in the rain, pushing through the crowd of reporters. She and the Batman lock eyes for a long, long moment. Then, the Batman turns to Robin. This is your life now, Robin. The way it is mine. You bet! You and me against all the world of crime! Simultaneously, the Batman and Robin climb into the Batmobile and drive away into the lashing storm, swallowed completely by the violent night. This audio drama was produced by Newverse Creative and features the voice talents of Simon Mitchell, Jacob L. Skrapka, Angela Hofler, Matthew James, Jordan Walters, Matt Davies, Tommy Ricard, Uriah Roots, Derek Willingham, Tim Maxwell, Michael Campbell, A.J. Carter, Nick Sutton, and Ken Ormiston. This audio drama is based on an unproduced script treatment written by Steve Engelhardt and was adapted, directed, and edited by Tim Maxwell. Batman created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. Based on characters appearing in comics published by DC Comics. 